Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is going to be our foundations are falling. Our foundations are falling. Psalms 11.3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I remember years ago I had a dream and I was trying to build a wall. And every time I was trying to build the wall, there kept being like a rock that would fall out of it or a brick would fall out there or the mortar would crumble. And I kept trying to put this this wall together. And 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 finally, I mean, I started praying to the Lord, help me put the wall together. And he spoke to me and he says, the foundations are destroyed. No, 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 I, I can still put it together. And I remember specifically, he said, go ahead and try. See, when a nation's foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, when it says, what can the righteous do? The Bible is saying we're helpless. Well, I believe that we have reached the point to where enough of the foundations are destroyed. Enough of the bricks that form the nation have been destroyed that the righteous can no longer do anything. In other words, I think that we have reached the point to where we can't fix it. It's beyond repair. And that's the reason I believe judgment is just around the corner. And oh, believe me, I wish I could tell you when it was. I do not know. But I do think it's interesting that Shane Warren said America's judgment arrives in 2020, and boom, here it is. Also, Terry Bennett said that America would fall, as in the Russians attacked, not exactly those words, but not exactly those words, but uh, exactly those words. He said it would be in 2021. You know, I don't want to believe that, and I'm going to do everything I can to try to give us more time. But more and more, as I watch the news, more and more, more, those seem to be coming to pass. So let's go back and talk about the foundations. What can the righteous do? And today I'm also going to add to our topic, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with their internal problems. We're going to deal with those two things. Our foundations are falling, and the people are going to start fighting against the government. Okay, so first let's go back to the prophecy. This prophecy was given in about 1984. The angel Gabriel came to Dimitri Dudeman and said, Get beside me. And he took and showed him California, Las Vegas, New York, and Florida. He said, You see what I've shown you? This is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day it will burn. Dimitri said, How will it burn? America is so powerful. He said, The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. My opinion, that happened Saturday night, 6 6, 2020. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. I think that that has already started, but it's going to increase. It's going to get worse. That's going to be a primary topic for today. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries he couldn't remember will attack. The Russians will bombard the nuclear missiles in America and America will burn. Then God will raise up China, and let me say something about that. I get emails from time to time where people have misunderstood one of Dimitri's other prophecies, and they also quote Henry Groover saying that China is going to attack America. Both of those are misunderstandings. China is going to be on our side. God will raise up China and Japan and many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians. They'll push them to the gates of Paris where they make a peace treaty, but they make the Russians their leader. All the nations with the Russians as their leader go against Israel. It's Armageddon. Israel doesn't have the help of the Jews in America. 
In her terror, when they see what is coming, they call for Messiah. Jesus returns to help Jesus burn the tares, slash the grapes, and give us our glorified body. Rewards, crowns, and mantles, all on the final feast of trumpets. Now, let's go to the definition of revolution. See, it says it will start with an internal revolution. Now, all these years, I had seen this to where we would see the six headlines before the sign, it will start with an internal revolution. But over the last week or so, I see it differently now. I believe that the first sign is exactly what the prophecy says. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists, not start with Omar Usher's in Palestinian state, as I had assumed before. Wrong. In other words, the fall of America has started. 33 years now, I've been saying that, and I didn't understand how it all fit together with la-di-da. Boy, if you're in Bible prophecy, that happens to us a lot. There's a lot of things we don't understand about the things that are coming. But as we get closer, we are able to see and better understand them. So the fall of America will start with an internal revolution. So what's the definition of revolution? A forceful overthrow of a government or social order in favor of a new system. Sudden. Radical, complete change. A fundamental change in a political organization. Let me tell you what I used to think it was, having not looked it up. I used to think an internal revolution was just rioting and burning and looting in the streets. (laughs) Wrong. An internal revolution is when the government of the nation is either changed or attempted to change. Well, we've never had that in America, in my knowledge. I mean, I'm not a great historian, but I don't recall a time to where we had bullets and blood and men trying to change the government of our nation from within. Now, yes, the English did it. I mean, they even burned the White House years and years ago. But now we're talking about an actual internal revolution, just like the prophecy says. Now, before I go to the rest of the topic here, let me do a, a brief refresher for those people that have might have missed those broadcasts. And if you missed the broadcast over the last week, you would go back and listen to them. Here's the summary of what I think happened. June 6th is the anniversary of D-Day. June 6, 2020 was supposed to be the overthrow of Trump, the overthrow of our American government. I believe the plan was, based upon the information I have up to this point, Saturday night, the internal revolution was started by the communists. Their plan was to storm the White House, overthrow Donald Trump, and get the nuclear football. You see, America has had a soft coup by the spying on his campaign to find dirt in his election campaign. They couldn't find any. Then the three-year Mueller plan was to find dirt. They couldn't find any. The phone call to the Ukrainian president was to try to stick some dirt on him, just like the and just like the dirty dossier that was trying to stick dirt onto Trump. Well, none of those three worked. Then the George Floyd incident comes along, and that sticks dirt onto the police. And the point was there to cause millions of protesters or armed communists to come into Washington D.C. to overthrow the government. Well, Trump brought in sixteen hundred military to protect the White House. Uh, Mark Esper tried to disarm them. The mayor of Washington, D.C. tried to kick them out of hotels. They turned off all traffic cameras and all police scanners. 
went offline trying to remove the communications. Then they put a plane flying over uh, Washington, D.C., just offshore, and this particular plane is used to launch American nuclear weapons. Why? Because I believe they were doing a hard coup. Their plan was, I believe, was to get the nuclear launch codes and the nuclear football, which is a suitcase the president takes with him every place, so that in an emergency, if he has to, he can launch weapons, either submarine or land-based weapons. This is a paragraph from what BenjaminFulford.net said. He said, U.S. military intelligence says that the rioting was stopped only after a thousand armed looters were shot. In addition, U.S. and Russian special forces teams went around hunting down and killing the financiers and Khazarian agents stoking the flames. Well, that's probably the 27,000 people that they have arrested over the last few weeks. Also, on June 5th, U.S. military White House found, listen to this, and disarmed three nuclear devices. Have I not been saying that there's somewhere between 20 to 50 suitcase nukes secreted all across America? Have I not been saying that for, I don't know, 20 years now? Okay. Uh, you know, you think people begin to listen after a while, but it's strange how they don't. Anyway, so the White House found and disarmed three nuclear devices. Why? I think they were going to use them to get through blast doors down to the president, not that they wanted him so much, but they wanted that nuclear football because if they have that, you can control uh, America's nuclear weapons, you're in control. That was the plan. I can't prove that, but I believe that to be the, the plan. They also seized countless pipe bombs, arrested two snipers, and other sources have said a bunch of AK-47s too. In any case, Trump's attempt to use the military to shoot down civilians caused a long overdue Pentagon revolt against his rule. The 11 retired four-star generals who criticized Trump for using the military to suppress protests were retaking the Trump presidency. In other words, my opinion, they were actually complicit in the coup. And, of course, I'm not in charge. I don't know all the details, but based upon the limited details I have at this point and based upon the prophecies, that's what appears to have happened. Can't prove it. It's what appears to be happening. That fulfills the prophecy. And, you know, I was thinking the other day how scary it is. Here I have for 30 years or 33 years been carrying that prophecy, typed it up, said it countless times on the radio and TV and every place I can. And yet I almost missed it. I almost missed the fact that Saturday night, 6-6-2020, there was an internal revolution. It was actually quite subtle. And I dare say, I was thinking this morning, of all of the thousands and thousands of people that have heard Dimitri's warning, even from him or other people, how many of them spotted that there was an internal revolution 6-6-2020 on the D-Day anniversary? I'm going to say probably very few. Okay, there is one more thing before we go further I'm going to ask you to do. You know, the YouTube algorithm doesn't know. So if you click like, share, and scribe, then it automatically sends it out for other people to see. Meaning, if you'll click like and share this with all your friends and subscribe and get them to subscribe, that won't cost us a penny, but it can help us reach thousands of other people. So click like, share, and subscribe. One more thing, and then I want to go to how the foundations are falling. Revelation 18, I believe, has now been fulfilled. 
And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great. And I think it's interesting how uh, Donald Trump's campaign slogan is, Make America Great Again. And there is the same word. Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Well, that's what we've seen over the last few weeks. We've seen the devils, the foul spirits, and the unclean and hateful birds come out of the woodwork. We've seen evil and hate in our nation like I've never seen. Now let's go to Nancy Pelosi. Let's talk about those foundations falling. Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? There is a point in a nation where you've gone too far, where you've gone, gone so far that it can't be fixed anymore. It's just like when you're, when you're out walking in the woods. You can walk so far, but if you walk any further, you're going to lose your way. And that's what America has done. She has she strayed so far from Jesus is the truth that she's lost her way. And I think it's interesting that I do not see one pastor, not one, stand up and say, what we need to do is go back to the King James Bible. Well, why wouldn't they say that? The reason is because they don't read the King James Bible. They read the per-versions, the per-versions, the perversions, okay? Why don't we see people stand up and say, what America needs to do is to return to Jesus. I don't hear that any place. No one is saying that. But that is the solution, meaning I, I believe that at this point we've, we've gone past the point of no return. At this point, there is no turning around for America. At this point, judgment is the only thing that remains. So Nancy Pelosi put out a tweet, and it says, The statues which fill the halls of Congress should reflect our highest ideals as Americans. Today, I'm once again calling for the removal from the U.S. Capitol of 11 statues representing Confederate soldiers and officials. These statues pay homage to hate, not heritage. Okay, let's talk about those. Okay, so these statues, they were of people that did some good and noble things for our nation, and I'm not defending them. I'm sure that every one of them has had sin, because just like Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's none of them that are perfect, no, not one. But there was one that was perfect, but what they do to him? <laughs> they they tore him down, they nailed him to a cross, and run uh, a sword in his side. Okay, they killed him. They killed the one that's perfect. So these statues, in my opinion, may not be perfect people. And yeah, maybe they did some wrong things, but they were made statues by people in the area that thought that they were deserving of being remembered. They don't get a statue because they're perfect. They got a statue because they wanted to be remembered. The people wanted to remember them for, for the good things that they did. And that's the whole point. And then this at Stephanie underscore CO 23 says, Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and every street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. What's she saying? 
She's talking about these statues. And they're talking about how they have destroyed the foundations of America. They've destroyed them. Okay, well, what do they mean when they say they've destroyed the foundations? Well, I looked up. List of monuments and memorials removed during the George Floyd protests. Now, this is not including the ones over the last couple of years. This is only the ones in the last couple of weeks. How many monuments, statues, or memorials, would you guess, have been removed just since George Floyd was killed? How many? Oh, I'd love to be in presence with you right now. Because <laughs> you'd probably say, oh, I don't know, probably eight, ten. I mean, that would have been my guess. Uh, 20? No, 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 it's not even 20. Well, what would you guess the number to be? Would you guess it would be 30? 30 memorials and statues and things like that have been pulled down? No, no, not 30. How about 75? What? Yes. 75. Oh, and they're pulling them down because they were not good to the blacks. Well, let me just tell you, a lot of these were people that were good people and actually did wonderful things for the blacks. But what they do have in common is the communists don't want them up there for various reasons. And I could spend uh, probably a couple of weeks researching all of this. But in several places, the people have researched it, says that they're not really pulling them down because of slavery and things like that. They're pulling them down because of the things that they did that was good. Now, I don't know, and I'm not trying to get into some argument about which stand, a statue should stand, which memorial should stand, or which guy did good, which guy did bad. That's not my point. My point is, they're part of our foundation. Like, for example, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts. You know, they used to be really good Christian organizations. How about today? Well, see, those are foundations. How about churches? You know, it used to be that every church pretty much had one Bible. And we all read the same Bible. Now, do you know how many different versions of the Bible there are? Some people might say, oh, 20 or 30, 50. Would you believe 100? <laughs> well, if you believe 100, you're still wrong. 400 different versions of the Bible. In other words, America has just wrote themselves a book to do whatever they want to do. See, that's another foundation, brothers and sisters, that is fallen. It's broken. It's gone. So what are we going to do? Burn 399 different versions of the Bible? Are we going to fill the street with books burning? And, and that's another thing, too. Uh, what is this with Nancy Pelosi and all of the Democrats kneeling? What is this when I see some of the protesters and the, the guy with the, the megaphone ask them all to kneel, kneel, to get out on their knees? What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's the same thing as the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. What? Okay, okay, uh, uh, what, what, what are you talking about? Well, one time I was doing a talk on the Mark of the Beast, and I said, how does the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit relate to the Mark of the Beast? You should have seen the looks on the faces. Talk about a blank look. And I said, okay, let's go back. And, of course, in those days I had all the, the numbers, and it was, I had a PowerPoint, so I had it, all the dates and everything all rounded up. I said, so why did they start the 55-mile-hour speed limit? And I had the date, and I said, okay, the point was because we were buying too much foreign oil, we needed to reduce the amount of foreign oil that we were purchasing. So did it lower the amount of foreign oil that we're purchasing? The answer is no. Okay, so then why did one day all of a sudden they just lift it? And I said, here's the answer. Because we all had to learn a lesson, and that is, 
when the government passes a rule, we have to do it. And so they gave out tickets, not because they wanted the money, because we had to learn that we're going to do what they tell us to do. Or let me go to another one. How about tattoos? How many tattoos do we see on people today? Every place. Now, why is it that we see so many tattoos now as opposed to, say, 20 years ago? How is it that our society was filled with tattoos? I'll tell you, because the movies started doing it. Here's another one, too. I remember this was probably like, mm, well, let me see. I left that, came into ministry about 93. So this would have been about 1990, 1991, somewhere in there. In those days, I was calling on business owners and managers and bank presidents, and I would call on them and talk to them about how we could do training in their organization to help their organization be better. So my talks all day long were to these leaders of businesses in my particular city, and then I would do meetings in front of their, their people and their leaders and managers and whatnot. Well, I remember I called on one. I remember it was uh, an ABC affiliate. And it was in Topeka, Kansas, and the guy, we, we had a good talk, and then somehow as we were leaving or something, we got on religion just a little bit, and of course, I was forbidden by my organization at that time to talk about it, so I mean, I certainly couldn't bring it up. But anyway, somehow we got on it, and I remember him saying, he says, well, if you think that, then you'll find this interesting. He said, they just approved today to allow street language to come onto TV. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they're going to start doing more cussing and profanity and things like that in TV. Now, up to that point, pretty much most Americans had a clean mouth. Every once in a while, you'd run across someone that would say a bad word or had profanity in their speech. But what about today? I mean, these kids walking up down the street and you see them, they turn on their cell phone and they're taking a picture of something. I mean, maybe it's a UFO. Maybe it's a meteor flying over here. Almost every time it's cursing. All of these kids, definitely, the ones below, I'd say, 30 years old, curse constantly. All kinds of profanity and filth come out of their mouth, and it comes out so fast, it just slides out like grease. They don't even know they're saying it. It's just part of their language. Even the older people. I mean, as we run, you, you know, I mean, I play racquetball, and I'm out a little bit with people that are not necessarily Christians, and profanity. A lot of it, and a lot of them know. That. I'll tell you, here's, here's one example. So this one guy I uh, play racquetball with, he is a uh, chiropractor. I've known him for now, I don't know, four or five years, playing racquetball from time to time. And we've had talks. Matter of fact, I even gave him one of my books. And uh, so he knows I'm a pastor. He knows I'm a Christian. But sometimes he'll get mad. And I remember one time we were playing racquetball. There's four people on the court. And he let out this string of cuss words, and finally it was all I could take. And I called his name, and I said, look, I said, you know I'm a pastor, and you know that offends me. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk like that. And, I mean, he turned red, and he froze, and he didn't say anything, but it was just short of, yes, you're right, I'm very, very sorry, which is what he should have done. But he should apologize to me. He should apologize to Jesus because he was taking his name in, in vain. I mean, it was something like Jesus Christ said like a cuss word. Now, what am I trying to say? I'm saying that in America, our foundations are destroyed, my brothers and sisters. We don't have long. 
I know that everybody is asking the one big question. Are we going to return to normal? Are we going to return to normal? Are we going to get back to where we could go to restaurants and movies and go out to the ball games? And then we're going to get back to normal. Are we going to get past all this COVID stuff? Are we going to get past this six-foot distancing? I'll say it this way. I don't think that our nation is capable of returning to normal. Not because it can't return to normal, but because it can't return to normal. You know what I mean? In other words, our foundations are destroyed. When the foundations are destroyed, see, in our natural mind, we want to think that it was us that built this nation. Every time I hear people talk, oh, yeah, well, we're the greatest nation on earth. You know, the stock market fell, but we're going to build it back. Even Donald Trump. Yeah, well, it's down a little bit. We're going to build it back. Well, COVID did this to you. We're going to build this back. No, no. First of all, we're not going to build it back because we didn't build it in the first place. God is the one that lifted this nation up. What does Daniel say? Daniel says, Blessed be the name of God forever, for wisdom and might are his. He changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. You see, God raises up kings and puts down kings. He raises up nations and puts down nations. He has given this nation now 40 years because the angel first came to Dimitri in 1980. Then he came back in 1984, which was when he gave the fall of America the actual words of the prophecy. He, he pronounced judgment on this nation in 1980. He's given us 40 years to repent. He sent me and others like me and Dimitri Dudeman and a whole handful of people out to try to tell America. Now, Nineveh listened. What did Nineveh do? Well, the king repented. He put on sack, sackcloth and ashes. He sat in ashes. He called for a fast of all people and animals for three days. <laughs> okay, I mean, can you imagine that happening in America today? Uh, if you like, for example, for the crusade, we're asking our people to fast three days. Not a requirement. Don't have to. But we're asking everybody that comes to the crusade to fast three days. And then when they show up at the very first meeting, we have a big meal and we break our fast together. Why? Because fasting breaks the flesh and fasting builds up the spirit. Well, can you imagine if President Trump were to come out and say, our nation is in trouble. I'm asking for everybody to fast for three days. Can you imagine the people that are burning and looting, what they're going to say? What all these Democrats are going to say? They would like, they would like, hey, you know, at the last crusade, I said, what did you think of the fast? And I was amazed at how many people said, actually, I liked it. It wasn't near as difficult as I thought. I, I, I found it very, very good. But I said, now, how many of you, this was the very first time you'd ever fasted? <laughs> I was shocked. Out of the 380 people there, probably 10%, maybe even 20%, raised their hand. That was the first time they'd ever fasted in their life. And I thought, really? Really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, all Christians should be fasting, my brothers and sisters, at least once a week. Maybe I need to bring a teaching on fasting. Oh, my goodness. I think we just had fast track number 381. So for at least 380 weeks, I've been fasting somewhere in that ballpark every week. Uh, fasting is a regular part of the Christian life. But my, back to my point. What I'm saying is our nation has gone too far. We've reached the point of no return. We've crossed over the bridge. We've passed the line. We crossed the river. 
We've gone so far to where even God could not fix us. Jeremiah 51, verse 9. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. We don't heal. He gives us free choice. When we go too far, he brings the judgment. Now, that's one more thing. So we're having this crusade coming up, July 29 to August 2, and then the next one starts immediately after the next one, August 2 to August 6. And I recommend you go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. And at this point, I'd recommend you get signed up for the one August 2 to August 6, the Crusade B. And we're having to do this because of social distancing. I mean, the room holds 500 people, but we can only get 80 people in it. So we're having to spread it over several different crusades. Or now I guess it's up to 92 people in a room. So anyway, it's causing a problem for us. So I'd recommend you go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Get signed up for Crusade B at this point. Get the meal package. Stay at the Hyatt because you're going to be a part of the greatest move of God in human history. If you're there, I really believe that. Get trained because, I mean, judgment's here. And you remember I was told when the judgment hits, so will the miracles. So, brothers and sisters, we may very well see miracles at this crusade. Your faithful monthly gifts help the Prophecy Club to continue and overcome evil with the truth. Help us take your warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.